Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Hooray! Science AF. Science is fun. Welcome to Science AF. I'm your host, Dave Tacho. And with me is my co-host, Jesse Klein. Hi, Jesse. Oh, my God, I forgot. Jesse is dead until next Tuesday. Jesse has been retained by his employers Yes. for the holidays and might never be, be able to see the light of day. I'm not sure that he's working on Christmas presents to be delivered to all the boys and girls, but it's possible. He's very closed-lipped about his day job. Um, but he does wear a little green hat with a tassel on it. That's true. Um, we're recording right before Christmas, and it's just me hosting with my very special guest today, and let's say co-host. Thanks. You yeah. might as well just be bumped up to, yeah. to co-host. Thank you. I like it. I was kind of hoping this might happen. Yeah. Yeah. In fact... Jesse, you're fired. I hope Jesse <laughs> never comes back. Aww. <laughs> um, I don't hope such a thing, but uh, welcome to the show, Victoria Harley. Thank you. And welcome to your new co-hosting position. Yes. It's a big job. Yeah. Um, don't feel... Yeah. Uh, Too overwhelmed. Intimidated. My heart rate the, went up a little bit. Yeah. By the amount of science... Just now, yeah. That's just brimming out of the yeah. top of my head Yeah. at all moments. Cool. Um, welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Glad to be here. And uh, what people say, right? <laughs> Yeah, in fact, I forgot to say that I'm science as fuck. That's right. And if you would like to, you you can, but only if you m- truly mean it. Otherwise, you don't have I, to. I am science as fuck. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Well enunciated. Yes. As fuck. And you're here. I don't hold a science degree of any kind, but yeah. I do like it. It's, okay. Yes. Did you take science courses of note or... Uh, I took like, you know, physics General? for poets, you okay. know, the kind of like no math, like, but, you know, but we're all specs. Haikus? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> haikus yeah. about space? Yeah, stellar astronomy was a cool class. Good, good class to show up stone to. Uh-huh. Uh, I had a class uh, called yeah. uh, Sounds, Lights, and Colors, if that gives you any that, sense. Of, that's a science class? That was the name of our physical science class at my university. They could have just called it Waves. They could have just called it You're Dumb. <laughs> Show up and pick out what a triangle looks like, because that's well, a, I mean, that's what it felt like. Um, it, it really, well, but the, I mean, the science of light is actually kind of one of cool. the most fascinating. No, no, things it in actually the world. is, and but, I'm one of the yeah. rare you know types who knows what RGB versus CMYK. You know what I mean? Like that's I feel proud of that. Yeah, but, well, you know, what is well, it? Oh, you want to get into it? Yeah, <laughs> well, like. You know, RGB registers in light. That's your wavelength yeah. sort of stuff. Those like, are your red, green, your, blue. Yeah, like when you see the projector, that's like the three colors that it's working with usually. Yeah. CMYK is more like your your physical, like, I mean, it's more it's something you come across in print usually. Cyan, magenta, magenta. Uh, yellow. Yellow. And the K stands for black. Don't know why. Maybe oh. Kelvin. I don't know. That's probably not it. Yeah, I'm going to stop does. lying about right. things that I don't know about. I think it does stand we'll stick for... stick to the things I sort of know about. Black or... Yeah. I, I was going to say, I thought it was like uh, luminosity or something, but I think it just Could stands be, for yeah, black. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, okay, yeah. yeah. So I also, there's, there's, there's that. the result of your science yeah. and colors class. And uh, the only other science kind of credential, I guess I could say, is that I worked for a program in biotechnology, but I was like the writer in the group. So uh-huh. I was very outnumbered. Again, haiku. Uh, yeah. Like, haikus. 
helping. Is haikus the plural of haiku or not? I don't know. I should know. That's like <laughs> I'm a humanities these, background. You, you know, all these Shit. science for poets classes. Guys, and that college, never came up. college is not worth it. That's the lesson here today. It doesn't. Yeah. Okay. That's true. And yeah. if you don't know the answer to the question I just asked, you've Let been ripped off. Yes. For one. If you do know the answer, please call in yeah. to our switching station. Operators are standing by. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of things wrong. I'm just going to tell everybody <laughs> that right now. I'm not even going to, you know. We're not here to get things right. That's we're right. We're here to speak enthusiastically, authoritatively oh, as too. if we're yeah. getting things right, oh, okay. but then not check them. Yeah. But yeah. We just like science. We we don't know cool. uh, I like it necessarily too. what we're talking about. Cool. Um, but you are working on a very cool project, or just or just finished y- up one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, sometimes I research things for movies and TV, which mm-hmm. is a very cool job, actually. I do not mean to minimize it at all. I love it. Um, but the one I did recently was um, called Lost Tapes: The Moon Landing which isn't out yet, but it will be on A&E. This is not a plug for A&E or their, their series. This is just a plug for me. We'll bleep that out. Uh, yeah. We'll anyway. Don't give them any Yeah, don't business. give them. They don't need any help. Um, but yeah, it focused on the Apollo 11 mission. Now, I did learn a few things tangentially in either direction of missions and like what came before and after, but really like most of my immediate kind of, oh, fun facts to share kind of pertain to the moon landing. You know. So um, you did hella research into... One... The, that was mission. the big landing. The that first is one. the a- moon Apollo landing. Apollo 11 that's, is the one. That's Neil Armstrong. 1969. Yeah. Buzz, Buzz Aldrin, Aldrin and Michael Collins. Michael the one Collins, no one remembers. The one nobody knows. Because he didn't get to leave. He had to stay on the, the regular yeah. rocket while they went down onto the moon. And he was he, alone up there. Just right. like, think about that, people. People who are listening. <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, he was alone, like, going around, well, orbiting the moon by himself. Yes. While his buddies were having a field day down yeah, there, they got to do all the cool shit. Yeah, he had to stay behind. And every time he went onto the like passed into the dark side of the moon, he would also lose contact with with Earth. Yeah. So he was just as alone as any human could possibly be. Yeah, which is crazy. So like the moon is obviously it's it's so thick, and, and we don't have relay satellites, so right. there's no way to contact with radios when you're on the. Dark not side of the moon. not in 1969. Yeah. Perhaps that has changed. I think we'll get I into have, that. As I say, I know more about the limitations of 1969 than I do about <laughs> our current non-limitations. Yeah, well, you're just living in a 1969 dream world. Oh, I mean, it was a pretty cool time to research. But the funny thing is, like, all the people who worked in Mission Control were so disconnected from like what was going on in the country. Um, you know, they did. What do you mean? Like, like they weren't into the Flower Child movement? No, no. In fact, I do have a. I may have a quote here. Look at me bringing my things in. But essentially it was like they would see people putting the flower in the gun. They're like, what's that all about? I don't know. Get it back. Let's get back to work. You know, Um, and, you know, I think for them, it was the thing that we were aware of was that like the nation needed so badly to have some good news. Oh, yeah. There was so much going on at that time. I mean, Nixon just got elected. Ugh. Right. You know, that's just Nixon got elected. for a ton of assassinations. I mean, it's that tumultuous years. end of the, the decade. Civil rights movement's uh, still flaring. Like, it's, you know, ladies getting mad, finally. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, it was uh, definitely, like, a time where it seemed like the PR was as much a part of the mission as the science. I'm just going to throw that out there as a possible thesis. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, it truly was. I mean, yeah. well, like Kennedy kind of started the yes Apollo program, or or at least he like yeah 
Well, he, he was, died before it even. He made the moonshot speech. Got off the ground. Yeah, it was like, ooh, 61, 62? I can't remember. But he made this moonshot speech at Rice University, where he basically makes this big promise, like uh-huh. we are going to put a man on the moon. Right. The funny thing is, Kennedy was also skeptical. He was like, oh, he didn't think at could the do time. It. Like, I mean, he, imagine him like behind closed doors, just like the guys are like, well, you know, we think we can we can do this. And like, I don't know. Like, you want me to go out and say what? Like, I mean, it just seemed like kind of insane. Yeah. Uh, like, everybody thought that it would never happen. Like, especially just, like, the moon landing mission. They're like, there's no... They're like, there's no way this was going to be successful. Like, they assumed something was going to go wrong and they'd have to abort. That was, like, the baseline assumption. Yeah, and they weren't sure what was going to happen. Um, Russia had not put a person in space yet, right? Uh, but they had well, put a, a Sputnik satellite in It depends space, on what right? year we're talking about. Because the Russians were actually, like beating us pretty hard in the space race in their 50s. Like, yeah. they were do- getting all the firsts. All the firsts. Well, they did Sputnik, and I think that was in the 50s. Yeah, 57 yeah. was Sputnik. So this is yeah, so, cool. uh, Kennedy came in, and he's like, we're going to get back in this race. Yeah. And um, started the... Okay, there, was, there was three programs. It was uh, Mercury, Gemini, mm-hmm. and Apollo. That's right. All, all, uh, all Greeks of note. <laughs> Um, and the Apollo program, which was the, let's see, the, um, I think the, what's the Mercury Gemini? I think the Gemini program had put, put Alan Shepard and a couple yeah, of and John astronauts Glenn. into it was, that's orbit. Like, you know that Tom Wolfe book and movie, The Right Stuff? Yeah. That's yeah. like, that's definitely Gemini. Is that Gemini? Or no, that's Mercury. Sorry. Oh, that's Mercury. Or maybe it's Mercury. God, I'm, gotta know my facts, man. Um, yeah. But, no, the, the Soviets definitely were Gemini. doing better. Uh, than us, um, and yeah, like, they had Yuri Gagarin, yeah, and they had uh, sent Like of the Dog out there, the first animal. That's right. He's on like stamps and stuff too. Yeah, very cool. Also, he's still out there, <laughs> frozen Aww, in space. Poor or actually, puppy. I think he uh, probably I he made it back. burned up in, in the. No, he didn't re-entry. make it back. Mm. Uh, not in one piece. He might have made it back to yeah. to Earth as a um, as a uh, trail of uh, dust and. Damn. No, oh, that makes me kind of sad. Um, uh, no, I mean, that's interesting um, because the Soviet Union, I didn't realize this until I was doing research on this topic, but they had such an advantage, geographically speaking, because their country spanned like 11 time zones. So, And it was also very polar. So they uh-huh. were able to do a lot more with tracking stuff without having to rely on anyone else. Whereas when we went to space, we had to form partnerships with like Australia and all sorts of like satellite dishes around the world to make sure that we could stay in contact the whole time. Oh, so I the Soviet, yeah, That's I didn't either. I was very fascinated by that. I was like, so there's some, you know, it's not just that like that Russian desire to like, you know, show that. You know, communism was the great leading future ideology and like, look at these great achievements we make, you know, without ego. And, you know, I mean, but yeah. they also had some definite advantages. So, you know, well, well done. Yeah, I didn't think of the uh, the time zone thing. They I know that like after World War Two, when the, as soon as the Germans signed oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the surrender, the U.S. And, oh, yeah. and Soviet Union just started like. Paperclipping. Swapping yeah. up. Uh, yeah, it was yeah. called Operation Paperclip. Yeah. Like just grabbing oh, yeah. no, scientists. There's, because a, f- there's the, a whole fascinating book about this. That you the Germans actually had the best space program on the planet at yep. the time, at, uh, which was the... It's Werner von Braun. V2 rockets. Or von, von Braun. Von, von Braun. That, uh, yeah, that... The interesting thing about the V2 is that more people died making it than they died at the hands of it. 
Oh, I know. Uh, I I read that a lot of people. The conditions were deplorable. Yeah, in, in it was like a building slave the rockets. situation. Yeah, um, and he definitely knew. It. He knew about it. Londoners. I mean, they had people tunneling things out with their hands. I mean, it's like horrific. And we just kind of brought him over. Him and a lot of other like, you know, uh, German scientists, Nazi scientists, however you want to characterize it. Yeah. Um, and we kind of just were like, well, here's a work visa, and like, just make sure you bring that over here. So he was running Huntsville. Uh, and so he was very much involved with the Apollo program. Mm -hmm. And it was his rockets that, of course, like we borrowed and powered, like, you know, to go into space and do all these amazing things. But there were also other groups involved with like the lunar modules. So there were all these different teams kind of working somewhat in competition with each other. Um, there's also a woman named Mary Sherman Morgan, who I learned about because she actually came up with the, the fuel to go into like the V2 rockets. There was some issue where we needed to have like a fuel that combusted at a certain kind of rate. And maybe it was two types. And she was just a great chemical engineer. But she was one of these like faceless, nameless people who made a huge contribution to like not just like the space program, but just. You know. so she was a German. She, she was, was an American, actually. She was an American who oh. was just like, again, like she's a really fascinating woman. There's uh -huh. a book about her called Rocket Girl. It's written by her son, actually. Um, anyway, it, she is kind of like one of the great. She's on this like they the whole book puts her side by side with von Braun. It like elevates her to that like level of importance because if she hadn't worked out the chemical composition, they could have never used the rockets here in America. I'm not sure what you know at hmm. least to the purpose of like space flight, you know yeah. how it was being used in Germany. I know less about. I think the the rockets use a solid propellant of some sort, so right. it's it's very uh, it's very dense in. It, so it takes up less volume and totally. obviously shoots out very yeah. fast when uh, um, it ignites. Um, yeah, I think she worked for JPL. Um, and there were a lot of people working on the problem, but she was the one who actually made the breakthrough, apparently. What was JPL? No Wikipedia, not Joel. <laughs> JPL. Um, when, when, did that, when was that founded? We've talked about that. Oh, uh, 1930s. Okay. Yeah. So it was... Um, they were having fun for a while. Yeah. We, we were all trying to get to the, to you know, rockets and, and space. And and I will say, Werner von Braun, like, complex history as it is, is a fascinating history. Yeah, like, he's where an he... interesting cat. Um, yeah. Definitely a party to uh, probably tens of thousands of deaths, but... Um, At least. Also a brilliant scientist and... And he a bit of a ladies' man, from what us. I hear. Oh, really? Just, just saying. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the detail. I, I, I can't uh, uh, fault. I'm not sure I would have gone science for it. nerds but for he was like for he was also off. old world aristocracy during like the Weimar Republic. But like you know, I don't mm -hmm. know if you're if anyone out there's into German cinema from the the silent era. There were lots of uh, films about space travel. Even then, like oh, back really? in the twenties, and I have to like think about, ooh, it's like a young Werner von Braun going to the movies, you know, and like dreaming because he was building stuff as a kid. Like he got in trouble with the police locally because he strapped a bunch of rockets onto like a wagon and set it off or something. Uh -huh. And like again, I mean, and he was just it'll, it'll, he was smashing ass and just in in I mean, doing he, experiments. He and... sounds like this impish, <laughs> like you know, everyone loved him. And then you know, here's your SS uniform. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, our our technological legacy owes a huge debt to a lot of a people. lot of technology came out of that war. I, of yeah. course, if we didn't have that war, we'd probably be even further along because we could have, uh, yeah, all cooperated. Uh huh. Cooperation. <laughs> That'd be nice. 
Anyway, so the Apollo program started in the 60s uh, with Apollo 1, which oh, was no. a terrific disaster. <sighs> the fire. Yeah. I've never seen footage. There, this footage, right? Uh, to be honest, the only thing I can picture is the beginning of the movie Apollo 13, because they show that. like They make a whole dramatic like scene out of oh, it. Oh, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. It's like all I can remember. That and his daughter being upset that the Beatles broke up. Um, one of the... One of the people who died, you mean? Uh, or Ron Howard, <laughs> director of in, Apollo In the 13. film, yeah. I'm talking about like a character, Tom Hanks' daughter, I think. Three three guys. Who was he playing? I don't remember. He was probably Gus Grissom, maybe. Was he? Grissom White Grissom and Chafee. Didn't he? All three of them. So there were three dudes strapped into the Apollo 1 module, and this, they yeah. were going to go into space. Yeah. And they were just testing... Uh, some mechanism and it just burned to the ground on the platform yeah. and they and did not make it out. You know, the fact that, it, no, it wasn't like the first space flight mission, but that it was the first of a new, you know, batch, it certainly created like a, a tension in the program after that. Um, safety, of course, became paramount. <laughs> and the number of simulations and, and things that they ran after that really went up. <laughs> and that was in 67. Well, I mean, good on them for some reason they had the momentum because they mm -hmm. kept going well that's the crazy thing is how many of these flights happen in rapid succession yeah like i mean in fact the the people in mission control and the astronauts kind of had this layered kind of process where they would be like they're, they're working on the next one exactly like in as they're working line. on one already yeah um which you know you think would be confusing but i mean <laughs> apparently it helped uh and people kind of alternated so who got picked to be on whatever mission sort of depended on what you did before. Um, I just find all that, it, you know, the pilots themselves talk about it as if like, well, it was sort of like random chance. Like I didn't know this was going to happen, mm. which I find kind of interesting too. Um, yeah. And still like, later that same year, Apollo four blasted off. There's no two or three, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, that's a gap. <laughs> uh, I can't say I do have here Project Apollo's articulated goals yeah. for the whole program were to establish technology to meet other national interests in space. Mm -hmm. I find that interesting. Uh, to achieve preeminence in space for the United States, to carry out a program of scientific exploration of the moon, and to develop man's capability to work in the lunar environment. These were the general thoughts. Um, yeah. I think they did those things. You think we covered it? <laughs> I don't know. What, are all those boxes ticked? I think those boxes were ticked. I right? mean, I guess, the, you know, it's a question of which... And the unspoken one is, is beat the Ruskies. Well, right? that's actually in two of these. I mean, like, national interest in space and preeminence for the United States. It's okay. Like, so, yeah. We're definitely, like, we're marking our territory. There was, um, interestingly, though, I think it was Luna 14 uh, was a probe that you know, or I don't know if it's probe, but it was a it was a space flight mission that the Russians also sent to the moon, like at the same time as like our like big moon landing. So like, oh yeah, yeah, it was an unmanned mission. To the I moon? think it was unmanned though. I don't think so. I don't know what, the, but touching down first, they could have beat us to that, even if it wasn't manned. We kind of skipped the part where we sent something down there. Maybe yeah. I'm really wrong about that, but like I don't I think you're right. I don't think we landed anything on the moon. We had we had no idea what it was going to be. We landed astronauts. Right. We just said let's put a dude up there. Yeah. Um which is it, it created all kinds of questions. Like th there were all sorts of like, well, what if the moon dust is explosive? What are we going to do? Well, I don't know. Yeah. We're going to find out. <laughs> I mean, in fact, the the landing itself, they weren't sure 
they're like, maybe the surface is covered in 15 feet of dust and they're going to sink down. Maybe they'll sink. Maybe, right. yeah, they weren't sure they'd be able to blast off either. That, they, they had a, a speech prepared if the astronauts were going to be stranded oh, God. and die on the moon. That is horrifying. Um, That's so, a lot of the drama of this, though, I feel, is that like, like Collins, right, got left behind while Neil and... Yeah. The buzz went down. But, you know, if something went wrong down there, Collins would have to leave gonna, them behind he was just and get, finish the mission. Just get out home, Like, yeah. I mean, how it, the survivor's remorse has got to be insane for something like that. Like, that's like the level I think that's that's what I think still for me personally just like strikes like wonder into me. It's like these guys rode like basically an ATV through space to like go land on a surface. <laughs> they didn't know what it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it was Power, such a... Like controlled by a computer the size of a, an Atari or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Less than... I mean, Atari was the 80s. <laughs> this was like this a, is, Yeah. No, I... It's... A transistor radio, basically. Yeah. And I mean, the issue was that the, I guess the mainframes could handle lots and lots of information. It's just that the processing power was just like nothing. You know, mm-hmm. so that's I mean, I don't understand like a whole whole lot about that world, but that was the, the distinction that was kind of like made clear and that a certain amount of information, like people who had to track guidance and like map out what was happening, they would get like information every like four or six seconds. So it's like imagine if you're walking and then you close your eyes for four seconds and then you open your eyes for a second and then you close them again. That's the amount of information they were able to get to like guide this thing. Yeah. I mean, that's like, oh my that's God. A good, that's, a, that's probably that a good insane? way to think about it. Yeah. yeah. No. Um, Hooray, science. Cool. <laughs> so then, you know, there was seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, yeah. A couple of those, well, they, they were like there orbiting. Was sp- there was a spacewalk. I think that was yeah. nine. I think Collins was in that Somebody one. did a spacewalk. They orbited the moon, right? Mm hmm. Was that eight? I think you're right. Because that's what we just had or about to have the 50th anniversary of. In 10 was a dress rehearsal for the moon landing. And then 11, which you have been doing yeah, research that's, on. that's what I have the most on. So you, you had to find out, like, all of the uh, the people. You, you had to try to find, yeah. like, track down the names of the people. One that, of my tasks, yeah, was to try to figure out who was working in mission control uh, during the mission. Because Apollo 11 lasted, it was July 16th through the 24th, 1969, it lasted eight days, three hours, and 18 minutes. So you had to have more than one shift of people. And there were different people who would be brought on. Eight so, days? Yeah. That was the total round trip time. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so there were people who were there just for the launch. Who That's there where their expertise was. And that all happened down at Cape Canaveral in Florida. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole separate team from Houston, which was really like mission control central, you know, Um and then there, they had different shifts of people. And there was a whole team for the lunar descent, which that was, like, apparently the team to be on. That was the green team. And it was, uh, I think Gene Krantz was the um, flight director, which is basically the guy who's in charge of everything. The guy from Rosencrantz and Guildenstern? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but he was very partial to wearing vests. So you can Google this guy, Gene Krantz. I guarantee <laughs> you he's going to be wearing a vest. It was something. It was a tradition he started early on in the Apollo missions. I guess his wife actually made him this brocaded. I'm, I'm going to check because yeah, I, please do. listeners might be driving or something. So yeah. I'm just going to just describe it. 
Um, it's wonderful. Uh, in fact, I think there's a blog post devoted just to like this guy in his vests. I just guessed on the spelling, and I was right. And look at this stripy vest he's got yeah, on there. Yeah, fair. it's like a sort of red, white, and blue, kind of like a Harlem Globetrotters He looks like, look. like an Uncle yeah. Sam kind of Yeah, thing. Um, but it, it brought some joy. Uh, but he <laughs> was sort of the guy in charge, and he's often the one who, in fact... So there wasn't more. There were many flight directors. He wasn't the only one. He was just kind of the one at during kind of the most interesting part of the mission. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, in Apollo 13, which had a lot of similar people working in mission control in the film, they they couldn't they they like basically made an amalgamation and just forced a bunch of characters to be one guy as if there was only one person oh, for the whole for, for the whole film so Apollo 13 was that like eight days too i don't know how long that one was but if, if people don't remember that was the one where they were going to land on the moon they had to abort because something broke yeah. and instead they slingshot it around the moon and came back yeah. and almost died but survived but didn't but didn't yay and yeah watch the movie and they made a movie that round Howard. yes um, um but yeah this is how long does it take, do you know, to from blast off until touchdown on the moon? Like two Ooh. to three days? It was, uh, there's lots of charts out there about this. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but it took, I want to say about three days for them to coast. It's, there's the trans-orbital uh, injection, which is basically like when they push away from Earth. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the trans-lunar injection, which pushes them away from the moon. Um, and those involve, right, like certain amount of fuel and propulsion to be able to get them home. Whole sets of people devoted to like retro. Like if something goes wrong, how much fuel do we have to get back? Like what are we supposed to do? How long? All that stuff had to be like carefully budgeted uh, and like planned for. Um, so they landed on, oh, they took off on the 16th at 1.30 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, they landed uh, four days later at 8 p.m. on go. July 20th. And when they got there, they were supposed to sleep, and, and they were too excited. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> so, Christmas morning. Yeah. There's no way I'm sleeping. Are you uh, fucking kidding me? <laughs> the moon is out I'm there. On the fucking moon. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they did stay in the, the lander for six hours before stepping out. Yeah. Um, that must have been a tense six hours, because yeah. who knows what's going to be out there. I like... Um, yeah. Well, they had some shit to take if care of, I think. You know, they had to check over systems. And, space you know. flu might yeah, take over. Yeah, that was a concern. Um, in fact, they went through they went through a rigid quarantine, both leading up to the flight and after mm -hmm. when they came back, because there was a real concern about this. And we didn't know if there was, you know, going to be bacteria No, or we something. didn't. I mean, War of the Worlds kind of thing. Same with um, going to Mars, when we're talking about mm -hmm. right now. We still don't know that there's not bacteria there that would eat us and right. if we... Yeah. touch down or something yeah i mean it is it's insane to think about that kind of thing um like the kinds of fears that people must have had you know um mm. and like what you know there, like the opinions were actually very divided about whether or not to do this to even like launch these missions yeah there were lots of people who were not in favor of it and not just because of you know space viruses um but you know for this there was a perception that like you know why are we sinking money into this like we have so many things going wrong right now. Is God going to get angry and, and just... Well, those two, yeah. <laughs> a, a giant hand just smashes the moon. Sure, yeah. <laughs> you were not supposed to land on this. That's how God sounds in my head. I like um, it, yeah. They didn't know, like, well, at this point they knew the answer to this, but yeah. th there was a question when they first put a, a satellite in space mm. was, since there's no gravity, can you control anything? They right. weren't sure... Um, 
if if you would if you would shoot a rocket in space that you would even move right because there's nothing to push against right. we know now that you figuring do, out the physics you, of that. you can move but because of momentum and uh and i believe that some of those kinds of lessons came out of things like the spacewalk cuz collins talks about you know that imagine a, a guy in a spacesuit with a big long umbilical like thing connecting him you know mm-hmm. and he quickly realized that like by b- exerting any force in any direction like he was going to, you know to conceivably go forever or something yeah. you know i mean it was like, like oh the, these there's are the, no going back you can't yeah, swim your way back or something exactly and he had even a uh, some kind of a propulsion gun that they gave him for that kind of emergency oh, apparently oh, but he didn't awesome. have it with him he like forgot <laughs> it or it forgot went, it. i don't know but and it's just that kind of like how fragile and precarious like all of this really was and is like yeah. Um, I mean, if you but look at the... Here's an interesting fact yeah. that I looked up recently. For one thing, space is such... It's it's the most hostile environment. Obviously, humans aren't meant to live up there. God, no. Um, and the other day I was thinking, well, it's, it's kind of amazing that no humans have died in space. And then I thought, and I looked it up, and I thought, it's even more interesting that I don't know that three humans have died in space <laughs> and i've never knew that before uh but they were all russians no americans have died in space yeah russia or mm. anyone else just three russians uh, i mean there's I think, and there's a difference too between dying in space and dying in like a test flight or like a you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. like because well, we've had de- definitely had people yeah in like die in our atmosphere i mean challenger, challenger and the columbia sure but i hear what you're saying um but what were the circumstances of the... At least 30 or 40 people around the world have been into outer space, the most hostile place in the world, and only three died. And I think uh, I think they asphyxiated because the, mm-hmm. their, uh, there was a leak or something. Oh, I don't God. know. Um, and probably uh, froze to death or I mean, I, I knew... Something. I didn't know exactly how it happened. I know that Yuri Gagarin died. Um, and in fact, there in was... Space? Uh, I don't know if it was in space. Okay. See, that's why I was asking. Well, he I'm was like, the oh, first didn't... person. Yes. Human to go into space, yeah. but he made it back. At he least made it the back. first time. Yeah. What happened was he was involved, just like our astronauts. They were involved in multiple missions because yep. they're kind of the only people with experience at that point. I mean, that's the crazy thing about this whole profession, industry, science, whatever you want to think of it as, is that it was all like new territory, and the average age of the people who worked on these missions was like 26. And they don't have any, like, older superiors to, like, breathe down their necks about, oh, this is how we did it back in our day. Because there was no other day. This was Look all this. new. Yuri Gagarin looks like a little boy. Like, th- yeah. that's when he was yeah. uh, an astronaut. He, he, he looks, looks Russian. like a kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean that in a good way. Um, no, I mean, but I, I heard a story that um, one of Gagarin's colleagues, who I'm sorry I don't remember his name. Someone should look it up. But uh, it he... What knew he was going to die on a mission that he was going to fly for the USSR, but he didn't want to pass up on it or like refuse to do it because Gagarin was his like second and he didn't want Gagarin to die. So this guy went and knowingly like killed himself. So for basically so Gagarin could live and then Gagarin himself also died under similar circumstances. He did at the age of 34. So sad. Um, it was not in space, though. He died in a routine flight, a training flight, and at Chikolovsky Air Base um, nice with instructor Vladimir <laughs> Seryogin. Russian uh, names are tough. We respect your culture. All names are tough for me. There we go. <laughs> uh, I never get any names. 
when I get right it right, I'm real proud of myself. Like, uh-huh. you know, if you listen to a lot of NPR, that helps. Uh, you can get those pronunciations easier. Um, yeah. I just uh, don't care. So that No, it's too. fine. That works, too. Um, uh, no, cool. I'm, so, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it was just the, so- the whole Soviet side of things is always, I don't know, it's, it's less about, like, I mean, there certainly were, like, celebrity cosmonauts, if such a thing can be described, but sure. it was so much, there's so much heavier over there. I mean, shocker, right? Um, but there's, there seems to be less joy. It's more, uh, it's more like this need to like show the world something and we don't care like how many people die in the process, you know, like maybe that's not fair. They have put man um, into space, but it does not feel whole in in no, deep inside. It doesn't. It won't. <laughs> it didn't fill ours. I mean, I mean, I think a lot of what Apollo and our general space program really were just sort of. I'm cynical. I feel like it's mostly a political aim or political designs. But I do think the technology becomes kind of like the happy accident. You know, basically this uh, this is from Philip Schaefer, who is uh, one of the people working in Mission Control. He said walking on the moon was a thing that happened on the way to changing the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially that technology was stepped up a full de- generation through this whole experience, computer technology, medical technology, um, you know, and that although it was maybe done for political purposes, there certainly were lots of benefits. Yeah, I guess. Uh, it was worth the dig, I feel. That was, I thought that was worth it. <laughs> it was definitely, that's a good quote. I mean, the, yeah, the whole Cold War sort of um, boosted technology in a lot of ways. Still probably would have been better if everybody was nice to each other but of course maybe not I but don't know. you know competition maybe um, we're better off you know uh, it was interesting talking about uh earlier when you referenced like things being named right for greek gods was uh you know the lunar modules um were given you know eagle was of course right the eagle has landed yeah and um fuck what was the other one well, uh saturn columbia w- saturn was the rocket it yeah, was on saturn was the rocket. apollo i mean um, but the names of um like the command module and the lunar module on the previous flight or on Apollo 10 were Charlie Brown and Snoopy. (laughs) So um, they were, yeah. And somebody actually wrote this editorial into life, kind of complaining about it in like leading up to uh, Apollo 11. I'm just going to read it. You can cut this if you want. Sirs. One thing I cannot understand while reading your article on the Apollo 10 space travel was why the command module was named Charlie Brown and lunar module Snoopy. Both comic strip characters, exclamation point. Why didn't they name them after some illustrious inventors and scientists or some historical figures? Can there really be truth to the persistent observations that Americans are just grown-up children? Worse, explaining to my children 10 years from now, Charlie Brown and Snoopy will prove difficult, if not altogether embarrassing. That was from (laughs) N.H. Donato from Bern, Switzerland. Oh, my. He has quite opinionated. Uh, This... I mean, that just sounds like, uh, you know, old people today. It does, like, doesn't it? Yeah. Why are you... I can't believe you're reading graphic novels. Yes, yes. Those are for comics. children. My favorite thing about it is that uh, apparently, yeah, this idea that Americans are children is, is an idea that's been around a while, uh, <laughs> in case anyone was wondering. I do think that's funny. Yeah. And, I mean, Life published that. They obviously had some kind of a sense of humor, I it, feel like, to do that. Yeah. Uh, somebody had a good time with that. I um, just looked up when Peanuts yeah. started because <laughs> it, it's one of those things that, you know, seemed like it was around when I was a child, but I right. didn't realize it was around since 1950. It's It's been around a while. It's been a long Charles time. Charles Schultz is, you know, 
he was a master. Well, there were lots of opinions and people interested in the launch. Like, the launch was this huge, huge event for Apollo 11, this moon landing mm-hmm. thing. Um, something like 750,000 people gathered to launch, uh, to, like, watch at site, like, on site. Live even though there, yeah. you had to be, like, two miles away. Um, so people were all into it. Uh, there were about 3,000 journalists in the press stands, uh, 5,000 invited guests, including Vice President and Mrs. Spiro Agnew, uh, former President and Mrs. Lyndon Johnson, four cabinet members, 33 senators, 200 congressmen, 14 governors, 56 ambassadors, uh, and a whole lot of others, I'm sure. Uh, so there were a lot of people who were like, get me a ticket to this. This mm-hmm. is the thing to go to. Um, and of course, it was broadcast everywhere. Uh, thankfully, didn't they did not burn to the ground that time. Yeah, and, but imagine the pressure, right? I mean, yeah. Like, this is, again, that failure is not an option. <laughs> it's really not, like, because we can't embarrass ourselves. It's always an option, but... Yeah, it was a nail-biter. Take that um, option. Well, of course, they were always worried about things going wrong. And I promise I'll, I'll, I'll be quiet here in a sec. But uh, I thought it was really funny because uh, in case of a problem, uh, they installed escape routes, Uh Two of one of which there were two elevators, but there was also a stainless steel slide that oh, took off of the off the side the of the side launch of the pad and the rocket, oh, which cool. took about three minutes for you to get from the top a to slide? a bunker in the bottom. That sounds so fun. It Why does. Why aren't there three minute long slides I now? I don't know, but NASA can make them. Yeah, and they they need to release the technology. I didn't even technology. know we had that technology. Yeah, NASA, what are you doing? Get into the slide game. How has it been since the 60s, since those existed? Yeah, well, they were worried. They also had people um, on site in, like, armored gear, ready to, like, help if there was an emergency. But, like, they had to be still, I think, like, a mile or two away. Like, so there Mm -hmm. wasn't going to be much help that could be made for these guys. Like, if something really, really bad went wrong. I well, mean, I think you know when you're strapping yourself to a, the, the yeah. largest energy source on the planet and, and yeah. lighting it that uh, it's very possible that you won't come back. It, that I mean, we were talking before we started recording about mm-hmm. the the Challenger, right? And how yeah. like it was the same sort of thing where it was it was very hyped. It was all yeah. over uh, media. And, you know, they had chosen a teacher, Krista McAuliffe, from a, mm-hmm. a, a lottery around the, or not even a lottery, like a application process from around the country. And she went on a talk show tour and everybody knew who she was. And they're yeah. like, yay, we're going to go into space. And then um, it's the it just, was just gutting to Just the like definition of tragedy. I yeah, mean, just to see it like. It makes you. Like you want to write like a, or at least my reaction was wanting to write a movie where someone could go back in time and try to like stop everything from happening, you know? Yeah, that movie's that would be one of them. Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot of uh, a lot of time travel people are always trying to save people, save, save, change change history. Too late, it already happened. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, the Challengers. It's it's too tragic for words. I don't know enough about the crew uh, to really, I feel like, do it any kind of justice here. But uh, also, you know, my- things like that definitely, I think, make people start to question like what we do. I don't know if that's right or not. You know, I mean, certainly, like when something like that happens, uh, the loss of life is a question. But there's also like resources and all the time that went into you know building and spending and and developing these texts and developing these missions and 
there is kind of a perception sometimes that like we're sending money into space, which, you know, is not really accurate because all the work happens down here. Yeah, yeah. You know? And we've, you know, so much technology and knowledge has come out of these programs. It's yeah. not just shooting off. That had nothing to do with Challenger. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> I just left nothing. I have nothing to say about Challenger other than it's so sad. Yeah. Um, and that I've seen some murals around that, you know, de- are dedicated to those people. Also, I just remembered this. My fourth grade teacher uh, was was one of the, like, semi-finalists, probably like one of the last 100 mm-hmm. finalists to be that teacher that went into space. Miss Hill was her Do name. Do you have any recollection of, like, her reaction? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. She was... Uh, like, did she, bre- like, breathe a huge sigh of relief <laughs> after she was done crying, or...? She was like... Thank God they got that bitch. <laughs> no. It was all part of the I don't think plan. she said that. No. I think she was extremely broken up because well, sure. she was so close to being that person. Right. No, I, I would probably collapse in a pile of nerves. Yeah. Um, That's nuts. Yeah, I forgot about that until just now. That's wow. Miss Hill. Yeah, good she recovered was a, memory. A finalist for the Ms. challenger. Hill. Um, God cool. wanted you here, Miss Hill. <laughs> Yeah, I hope she's done something good with her. <laughs> what if she hasn't? Then what? <laughs> Should have been you. Oh, she turned into a mass murderer. It was sad. That's um, all we should put on these <laughs> missions, right? Just, you know. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we should. Why are we giving it to mathematicians? Convicted murderers should be astronauts. Yeah, make them suffer all the risk. <laughs> then everybody would be happy and if no they exploded. Glo- yeah, well, yeah, that's problematic. Yeah. Apollo 8, 50th anniversary. Um, you mentioned it earlier. It's yeah. uh, December 18th. It was a couple oh, it days happened. ago. It happened, guys. We missed it. Today is the solstice, though. So that's kinda... Is today solstice? It's the 21st, right? Oh, well, happy solstice. Yeah, this is the and shortest day of the year. It always, it just gets better from here. Festivus. Yeah, that's the rest of us. Mm-hmm. It's been dark. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it to start opening. <laughs> Let's open the aperture. Has it been a dark time? Yeah. Um, I mean, just... just Physically dark. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay, just making sure. It's not that kind of podcast. Sure it is. We get into <laughs> all kinds of dark stuff. Yeah. So what else? Like, uh, there's some. Let's get into some um, Mars uh, science. Stuff? Yeah. Some new science. Yeah, get into well, new stuff. Staying with the moon, uh, China yeah. just launched a few days ago their dark side of the moon lander, and I like it. It's. Uh, Let's see. It's described as mysterious by this uh, UK article because they're not saying much about it. Well, that's on brand. Yeah. They're trying to land uh, something on the dark side of the moon, which nobody ever has. Because, as we discussed earlier, when you get back there, you can't really communicate with Earth. Is that still true? um, I don't believe that's still true. I think they have... They've worked that out by now. There are satellites that are orbiting the moon. So they have, like, relay stations. And I think China's got them, and I believe the U.S. has them, too, although I don't have that in front of me. I might just be making that up. We've already established the rules. It's 68% of this podcast. It's okay. Um, I came with some facts, and now I'm ready to just, Yeah, you know, the rest of it is just... Hold them up and put them away. Pulling like, stuff <laughs> out of just, asses. Yes, cool. But it's cool. I hope they find, you know, so they're going to land something and take some measurements and see what the far yeah. side of the moon is. And Have they been to the moon before? say hi to Sam Rockwell and all of his clone, clones out there. Is that where he? Okay, uh, got it. Have they been to the moon before? Yeah, I China. Not human. I don't think they've sent humans, but I think they have. They've sent like probes and things. Rovers. Probes. Yeah. Probably a robot. Send a robot. I mean, that's. 
I wonder. We don't need to send people. How many things are on the moon? That's a good question. I, there's at least one flag from Sears. <laughs> from Sears? Yeah, it's from Sears. Really? Yep. They didn't have that special made by nope. Betsy Ross's ancestors? You'd think so, but <laughs> nope. It's a Sears flag. Oh, here, here's... Uh, how many things are on the moon? Over 70 things. That's it. Three moon buggies, three lunar roving vehicles. I know Apollo 11 left behind all their backpacks and everything. There's they just kicked because they didn't photograph. need the extra weight. Oh, here's a We've picture. We've been littering forever. <laughs> I don't know who this is. It's one of the astronauts' family. There's a photograph of like oh, a sentimental white family. Somebody, a white family. <laughs> yeah, that describes it. Family of, a was that three or family four? Family of white people from the 60s. Yeah. Four people. Possibly the 70s. Um, and I'm sure there's golf balls and... Uh, there's all kinds of, like, I feel like romantic stories that I didn't remember to write down about people writing things or, you know, like... Oh, so yeah. that their kids can know that, hey, it's always watching it, or, you know, yeah. something. Some Letters nice. to Santa, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. Um, the, the prayers to God. I mean, yeah, I... I realize the moon's probably not a great choice for us to colonize, you know, if that's like a thing. But I, I am disappointed that there's not more moon stuff. Yeah. You know? Considering uh, how much we accomplished in a decade, Kennedy's speech to like moon landing, we seem to have slowed down. Oh, we <laughs> definitely did. Um, we kind of lost the, you know, the... Did we lose interest? Is that it? The moon? We've been uh, there. The past, yeah, the motivation. We hit it and we quit it. I mean, We're maybe... <laughs> The end of the Cold War sort of ended that yeah. that space race, but it it does seem like we should have a colony of people living on or the moon. Something, some kind of science it's lab, but maybe it's, it's weird. We not don't feasible, or I don't know. They were just like, "Nah, we're not doing it." I think it's happening slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is talk of another manned mission to the moon, but I don't yeah. know if it's like official yet. Just build build some condos, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah, th- we'll move in. <laughs> I mean, we need a backup plan if it if, yeah. if a comet hits New York, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, Mars might be a better. I feel like that's the one people are putting more hope on. Given yeah, like, but we you know, should. It seems like we should. The moon's ha- right there. I mean, test, just, we should have a test habitat on the moon be before we there, start yeah. sending them to Mars. I don't know. Um, I've never achieved weightlessness. I think that would be. That'd be fun. I mean, you can do it right, like on a plane. Yeah, or if you just jump off a tall building. Yeah, that's not the kind of it. But yeah, I get your point. Um, you're weightless uh, well, like every, for the last minute of your life. Yeah, I mean that was the thing that I mean not to keep dragging on about Apollo 11, but you know I mean when they showed up there, they had to learn how to put their center of gravity really center because uh-huh. you had to kind of like kangaroo hop. That was the easiest way to like actually kind of get around. Apparently. Oh okay. Uh, it was you know bulky and tricky and but uh, the weight thing the weightlessness you know again it's like all adjusting and i mean i'm sure are you, are you uh is there the verge to fall over if i guess so gravity is off? yeah and i mean those suits were sewn by people you know they're they're like any garment you know they're not gonna like hold up to everything so like oh yeah you don't want to fall over and rip something you know what i mean so i don't know it was also just, isn't there a thing that if you fall over in those first suits you can't get back up or something maybe i know that they the the backpacks were like on earth they were about 80 pounds and on the moon they're about like 13 pounds mm-hmm. you know so it's not as if like there's no effort though or no concern it's just like a it's a center of gravity thing at least that's what they talked about and i know they 
they ran all kinds of simulations, but there's really no substitute for, you know, just being on the moon, apparently. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They also got moon How dust in that? their mouths when they got back inside, which oh, I really? was funny. They said it smelled and tasted ha- like wet ashes. It, it's, they don't it's know why. It's fairly toxic, too, right? Yeah. I guess not deadly toxic. Not deadly. Not like people were like, what if there's deadly, you know, space dust? And it was fine. But, they, but they, you don't want to be was, licking... Moon yeah, rocks. there was like when they got inside, took off their helmets, did all the thing. They had some dust that came in, and they said it just smelled like kind of like yeah, a fireplace after you've had a fire. Oh, really? Like, they smell like wet ashes. Oh, or wow. gunpowder or something. And they don't know why. It's just fun fact. Wet ashes. It's interesting because there is um, the there's a high like. water content, um, not standing water, but there's mm-hmm. a lot of water in the soil, um, and there's. Um, like it, it's very uh, corrosive, I think. Mm. Um, is what I've heard. Um, and there's been talk. Speaking of colonizing the moon. Um, yes. You know what a space elevator is? No. They, um, they're talking about building one on Earth and. Is it what one I'm on picturing? Mars. Like just like kind a of. large structure that. Yeah, but instead of like a, instead of like a rigid building, it's like a it's it's like a cable. Okay. Uh, a free swinging cable and imagine like, you know, like somebody spinning around like a figure skater. If you were holding a string mm-hmm. with a ball in the end, mm. it would stay out. Right. Okay. Yeah. If you were spinning and holding a string yeah. with a ball. So a space elevator is a string with a ball that starts on the planet Earth, mm-hmm. or on the moon mm-hmm. and goes out into space and it just stays up because of the spinning, the centrifugal force hmm. of the spinning earth or, or moon. Um, and, there's talks of building one on Earth and building one on the moon, and it would make getting out into space uh, much easier, faster and easier and mm. cheaper because you wouldn't need rockets. You would just That's a good point. go up the elevator. And go it would up just the elevator. Up. So hopefully that happens, huh. um, but probably not in the next I feel like decade, I'm picturing just something out of like Cowboy Bebop right now, like, just like all those like docking structures. And yeah. Things. And like, it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's actually we should that's how have. you would do it. Why aren't we up to Cowboy Bebop? Yeah, technology. Exactly. Standards. I'm very disappointed in us <laughs> as a culture. We need to get there. I mean, we only have uh, Audio a few space years Cowboy. left on yeah. Earth. No, so. I know, I know. Um, I want moon colonies. <laughs> Santa. Speaking of China and space, yeah, they have uh, a plan to, by 2020, launch artificial moons, mm. which are. Just big reflective balls they want to they want to put into space to uh, to hover over their cities and sort of focus sunlight down onto the city. I feel like there was a Simpsons episode about this. Uh, no, that was blocking the sun. I know, I know. Um, same kind of insanity though. I mean, I'm, what I'm wondering yeah. is like, so are we all going to enjoy this, or are they some going to somehow make it positioned so that we? If we're on the other side of the planet, are we going to see these things or or not? That's a good question. Because that's There's... what I'm worried. Not worried, but like, I I could deal with like having things visible in the sky, maybe, but maybe not. You know, I mean, like. There's a certain be clutter up there. There's a certain height like above that. Earth um, that's synchronous orbit, and it's oh. very high. Like okay. most satellites are not in synchronous orbit right. because that would They're help. in low Earth orbit, which means they go. They move faster than the Earth rotates, so they're always in a different spot in Got the sky. It. But 
synchronous orbit is much higher. And once you, when you get there, if you put something there, it stays above mm. the same point. Okay. So I would imagine I haven't They'd be aiming for that, completely maybe. read all the no, details, that's... but that would be what you would want, right? Right. It's synchronous you, orbit. Yeah, otherwise it's not going to be effective. So it's just always above your city, huh. which would be interesting. Yeah, what do we think? I mean, I, I'm not, it, I don't hate it, but it's, I mean, it's a little weird. I'm, like, I guess I just... I'm, talk I'm, about like light pollution. You yeah, would never see any I just, stars. I was just going to say, I'm just I'm kind of reflecting now on like, oh, wow, like the sky has remained un, kind of uncluttered up till things like that, you know, like, yeah, it's, I mean, you see a plane occasionally, you know, for the most part, we don't see things in space very often. No. And not just because we live in a city where, yeah, light pollution just ruins that. I mean, even, I mean, go out to, you know, the middle of the desert and go look at the stars. I mean, it's still, it still looks pretty all good to me. I don't see any space junk for lack of better words. Yeah. Um, I've heard that you can see the space station at certain times glimmering. I'm sure that's true, but it's not like an eyesore, you know? Like and this There was a thing that launched uh yeah. what was that called? The uh the something star. Mm-hmm. Uh people were very upset about it. This was not put in synchronous orbit, it was put in low earth orbit and it was mm-hmm. a big reflective ball and it was like an art installation hmm. project. Wow. Um I don't remember. But it, That's cool. It, kind of. It didn't know. last very long. I think it lasted like a week and then it burned up. Burned up. In the orbit. Yeah. Um, Space is a tough mistress. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And now, like, I'm thinking about this idea of seeing more things in the sky and, like, does it upset me inherently or not? <laughs> like, I, I can't decide. And also, I mean, like, are there other, there's no other ways to light a city at night? Like, we got to do this. I mean, maybe it's more cost effective. I don't know. Oh, the Humanity Star. This was almost exactly a year ago in January 2018. Oh, this art project this, that you're talking about? Yeah. The Humanity but, Star. What's the artist's name? Peter Beck, the founder-in-chief executive of Ro- Rocket Lab, oh. which was just founded to put his star... Uh, Into space. This It's sort of like a, so a, is a he mirrored... A, so he's like an artist-scientist like or a scientist-artist? Um, I need to know. He looks... He looks... Mm. He looks like both like uh, i'm glad that burned up <laughs> that guy's too smug he's in the new york times he's got a very it, the photo's very uh it looks does, like a perfume ad he definitely looks like a nerd but i can't tell if he looks but like he's a, a science po- nerd or he's a nerd. polished nerd though someone got a hold of him and you know hey yeah sh- put your shoulders back a little bit <laughs> tuck in your he, shirt yeah tuck in your shirt comb your hair so he, we're yeah. gonna backlight you he has a mom <laughs> um anyway that okay. that happened yeah good for it him came back <laughs> Um, I mean, the thing itself looked cool, just like, I don't, but I'm not going to appreciate it if it's all the way up in space. Like, leave it on Earth. It looked cooler there. Yeah, that's true. It just um, looks kind of like a giant silver golf ball. I guess ball the thing would be, like, depending ed- on the edges. angle, it would be invisible, or if it just hit the exact right angle, like it would mirror? be super bright. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. That's like when it, somebody... It's so like, randomly splashing. It's very much like a disco bob. Yeah. Randomly splashing cir- circles of light on the planet. I mean, you know, it's one thing when you consent to go to a place that does that. I don't, I don't want to not have a choice. You know, yeah. Like it's well, like the, somebody. The Chinese plan is a little bit more, yeah, uh, a little more practical okay. because they're trying to uh, release uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, lower energy expenditure at night. Okay, like, I mean you that's, know, light that's fair. I mean that. Yeah, I don't want to just poo-poo these things outright. I mean, I'm all for like let's yeah, let's talk. Um, but yeah, that okay, that makes some sense to me. Like let's harness the power of the sun, the thing that 
when it dies, we're going to have bigger problems than our lights not being on. So, yeah. I mean, I'm all for that. I'm, I mean, there's so many interesting new solutions not related necessarily to space, like bioluminescence. You could do a whole thing about that, wanting to, like, you know, make the streets glow you know, oh, at yeah. night and things. I mean, that to me is, like, super exciting. I would love do you I want hear that about now. the? Uh, I want it now. There was a project uh, by this MIT mad scientist. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's his name? George uh, something. It'll come to me. Mm-hmm. Um, George, for he, short. George is what they call him. The, he was um, trying to take a bioluminescent gene from uh, jellyfish yep. and put it into trees. I've heard of this. Yeah. And there, he, there's a whole GoFundMe. Yeah. I think I sent him 10 bucks or something. It was a couple years You're ago. You're all for it. Like, I, yeah, yeah, totally. Glowing yeah. trees. Glowing trees. So, like, basically so organic streetlights. <laughs> yeah. That will, yeah. Stop and then start, gr- start growing tentacles. Yeah. I mean, it's just around the corner. Right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Futurama's taught me it's anything. Brave new world. Yeah. I can't wait for it to become Let's, happy. Well, you know, we'll figure out the consequences by the time, you know, it's p- many people have died. Like cigarettes, you know. <laughs> just you know, it's fine. From, from what radioactive oh, just, trees? Just anything, anything new. Don't you know? smoke the glowing trees. Yeah, mm-hmm. not good for your health. Yeah, not recommended. But you know, someone will try. <laughs> I mean, there are kids who eat, you know, laundry detergent pods. So yeah, not well, calling out any specific company. Just generally, laundry detergent. <laughs> the glowing tree challenge. Not plugging anything here. If you're a young, impressionable youth listening to this, I dare you to go smoke a glowing tree. Double dog dare. Oh, man. Yeah. What if that happens and a bunch of kids die from this podcast? Well, then what, the blood what will be on your hands. No They're bad good. publicity yeah. for podcasts. That's, I mean, yeah, that can only help you. <laughs> <laughs> what? What's, what's the podcast? Well, so the moon is old hat. Mars seems like the new moon. And I also feel like every time I see photos from, like, the Mars rovers, it does kind of remind me of a Western, you know? Like, I mean, maybe all these planets do with that kind of, like, desolation. But, like, suddenly mm-hmm. the notion of the frontier is like, oh, it could happen. Like, or yeah, that it, I could never know what that's going to be like because we've con- – I mean, we're here in L.A. It's, you know, it's been done. <laughs> there's no more frontier. Everything's owned. Yeah. Everything is, you know, there's the no – The final frontier. Yeah. I mean, that those words was that are... J- Did JFK f- first say that before it was taken by Star Trek? Oh, I, that's a great question. I, I don't up. know. We need – quick, call it Gene um, Roddenberry's ghost. But that might be why there are so many, you know, sort of space westerns. It does seem Cowboy to fit. Cowboy Bebop is a little bit, but uh, well, you know, even Star, Star Wars, Wars is, is really a Western. It's like a Western. Yeah. Uh, uh, Serenity, Firefly. Yeah. Uh, there's no, a lot of true. these because it, it is very It's a potent much... concept. Yeah, I'm certainly not the first to think of it. Um, yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's... There's so many visions, though, right, of like space. I mean, there's like your, your alien version, which everything's kind of like greasy and dirty and like grungy. And it's like very industrial, scary. The aliens are terrifying, you know. I mean, not that we have to get into alien talk, but um, I actually really love the film as far as like space travel or exploration. I love Solaris. I'm like a sucker for you know like art house, boring stuff that nobody has patience for. Um, <laughs> the Clooney version or the original? No, the old one, the Tarkovsky film. Um, and what's interesting is like for a sci-fi film that does more heavily lean in space, the first half takes place on Earth, um, and it spends so much time establishing like the character's relationship to earth um i don't know just meditating on that i find that interesting um i've, I've never seen the original one it's pretty great I it's sad it i mean the premise is there you know it's the same premise it's just more a little more drawn out 
like Tarkovsky likes to do. Um, but it's it's an like one of the, I would classify it as one of the greatest sci-fi films ever made. Um, but again, coming from kind of a pretentious background here, so <laughs> I don't expect a lot of agreement. But if you haven't seen it, uh, block out like you know it's a good good movie for a holiday. Like if you want to avoid your family for okay. you know four to five hours. These are uh, get yourself a copy of Solaris. These from are important. The seventies, yeah, <laughs> that's how I do it because no one will sit there with you and bother you <laughs> if you put that on. So they're like, "What are you watching?" Oh God! Like <laughs> I'll see you in ten hours. Uh, that's my that's my hot holiday tip. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure if I was like mom and dad, watch Solaris with me, they would be. Out like a light mm-hmm. in the yeah. first five no, minutes. It's, it's perfect. Um, yeah. Okay, I don't think Kennedy said Final Frontier, but he no. did say we chose to go. We choose to go to the moon in this decade, yep. not because they are easy, but because they are hard. And I, because someone told him there. to say that, <laughs> he was not super thrilled. Kennedy was. I don't know about this, guys. Really? Yeah, he was very skeptical. I don't think Kennedy was much of a leader. The more you learn about his legacy, you find out, like, I mean, right down to, like, his father, right? I mean, uh-huh. it was Joe Jr. who was supposed to be president, and then he died in the war. It's like, okay, well, now Jack will be president. And, yeah. You know? He almost died in the war. And then uh, Bay of Pigs, that was, like, all him listening to bad intelligence, right? Um, I, yeah. Yeah. Kennedy just, like, he just wanted to bang actresses and, and uh, mobsters' girlfriends and be done with it. So. And he's probably uh, talked into the unwise Vietnam stuff. Oh, yeah. He got talked into lots of stuff, including the whole space thing. But once he said it, once it was out there, it was like, oh, okay, I guess we're committed to this now. And Yeah. Um, you know, for better or for worse. Yeah. Well, good, good for... Good for Kennedy. Good for him. Good for him. Johnson was also deeply involved. Whatever happened to that guy? (laughs) Whatever happened to him? (laughs) Uh, We should call him. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Lyndon Johnson was also deeply involved with the space program. Uh, And, of course, Mm -hmm. right, um, you know, Houston, Texas ended up getting some of that stuff. I mean, some kind of connection there. Um, But, like, I mean, I don't know that's a direct, but, I mean, you know. Is that Houston Center because of... I, I guess it might have something to do with it. I, well, could, there's I could be there's wrong. There's Kennedy Center in Florida and there's yeah. Johnson Center in, in Texas. Texas. Which used to never... just, that used to be, you know, Houston. Well, because both Kennedy and Johnson were very involved. They had liaisons with NASA. And what's interesting is they were both really interested and invested in the space program. Nixon didn't understand it and didn't have somebody committed, you know, even from NASA, they kind of dropped the ball a little bit and didn't mm-hmm. have as open a communication with him. In fact, on the eve of the moon landing launch, Nixon wanted to have dinner with the astronauts and <laughs> uh, didn't understand that they were in quarantine because, again, no one had explained this whole thing. And so He's somebody like, had to I tell made the president. this pres- whole bowl of pasta. Yeah, like, they will come know, over. Does that sound like Nixon, too? Just like anything to get in there yeah, and get It sounded exactly in. like yeah. Nixon. That was my impression of Nixon. Yeah. I made it this pasta. Yeah, I made it this pasta. Perfect, Nixon. Uh, well, um, to his credit, he didn't stop the program, which is no, which he is didn't. Good. But he certainly wanted he, the 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 relationship was like they're going to land on the moon. I need to find a way to be involved, uh, which was yeah. different from yeah the other places. If the conservative party today of today were in office, they would have canceled that program immediately. Yeah, possibly. Uh, no, but, but he kept it going and he did. and uh, made some strides before yeah. he was disgraced. I mean. You know, you there's some there are positive things to be said about Nixon. I just <laughs> I love a good Nixon story um, where he embarrasses himself in some way. <laughs> like that to me is just catnip, and I can't I can't not share it. Haru, we won't know. have him to kick around anymore. Yeah, I mean he's been gone for a while, so <laughs> it's you know. 
I think uh, he said that that you won't have me to kick around after yeah. he was California governor, and then they kicked him around. <laughs> we for kicked much, him around plenty, much longer after. Yeah, that. he's from uh, Orange County. He's an Orange County guy. Oh, is he? Oh yeah, he's I California. That. I mean, that's like an interesting, you know, aspect of. I Are you know. an OC gal? No, I'm not. I just know things okay. <laughs> about stuff occasionally. Because his li- the, the presidential library is like in Orange County. His or his presidential library. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. And Reagan, of course, up in the Simi Valley. <laughs> Reagan's up, yeah, yeah, north of here. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. All there, right. There is. A, just one more thing about Nixon. There is a great photo of him after the the astronauts came back from the moon where they are in quarantine and it's like you see there are three faces behind this little window and Nixon's standing outside of it kind of smiling at them but anytime Nixon smiles it's like what oh did somebody like hurt a puppy you know because why is he smiling you know it's just so gross yeah he just looks so literally disconnected from the whole thing it kind of is a perfect summary of his relationship to the program i think i've seen that picture it's funny it looks staged it looks like they're all wax figures i think he was in life enough out of me about nixon you're looking for the photo looking for that photo it's a great picture people at home should google it okay we're almost uh we're almost at the end, but let's wow. talk about since it's the since it's the reason for the season. Let's talk about Jesus. Okay. No, no. Let's talk oh. about the well, I was what ready. they're calling the Christmas comet. Oh we, yes, we, we can talk the about the Christmas Jesus. comet. No, that is um, Jesus, the, right? It, yeah, <laughs> that's he, him. He comes back yeah. every two thousand years in the form of a comet. Right? Yeah, that sounds right. Um, it's visible to the naked eye right now as we speak. In what? fact, we could probably go oh out there and God. try to find it. Oh, um, I'm a light pollution. <laughs> That's true. We have too many. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna take a while. Too many art stars are up there blocking. Yep, up yep, Lighting up the the night like mm-hmm. a like a club. What if the whole planet was just like a a dance club in the future? Isn't it? With like the it will balls. be if it's not already. They're putting disco balls in space now, so it's not far off. Christmas comet. Christmas comet is uh, comet forty six p. Yeah, Christmas is Comet is Weir, what it's Weirtanen? called. <laughs> Weirtanen? I want to say oh, okay. the, the W is a V sound, but I don't know why. It might be, if it's a German word, yeah. Looks like it might be German. It's closest pass ever to Earth, 7 million miles. And they say it's slightly green and fuzzy, and you can see it with the naked eye, although it's not much bigger than a yeah. any star up there. So it's you kind of know where to look. It's kind of just a dot. Yeah. Um, I don't have the coordinates for you. So. And they say that certain times... Um, since it's a comet, they, they have tails, but the tail's not always the same size. It, de- it depends on, uh, like if a piece of ice breaks off, the tail gets brighter because it just, right. uh, it's crumbling away, crumbles away. Yeah, right. And reacts that's reflecting. with shit around it. And, right. Yeah. Um, that's cool. so de- I like so comets. It's, it randomly gets brighter and, and less bright, but you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, Boy, that feels more like, uh, you know, we, we talk about celebrities as stars. We should start calling them comets, you know, <laughs> they're kind of, incons- you know, they can kind of come back, you know, sorry, yeah. just riffing. Just, they're streaking across the sky, you know, but they it, come in bursts. It's, sometimes it's darker because really it, it feels like if we call them comets, it's almost saying that, uh, you know, go away po- now. pointing out that yeah. they're going to go away or, or burn out. Well, or crash and I mean, stars explode. Stars implode too, you know. <laughs> collapse star. Stars do super. They collapse, yeah. <laughs> they collapse into black holes, uh, like Mel Gibson. I was uh, trying no, to... no, it's a good one. I was gonna say like, yeah, something else that wasn't accurate actually. <laughs> Unfortunately, Mel Gibson is still working, so that doesn't. <laughs> the Vertanen orbits the sun every five years, but it doesn't. It only comes within Earth when the timing is right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, when the time's right. Yeah, you know, when it's... <laughs> it's like <laughs> deciding when to call when that, it's ready. That, that special person. It has to Ooh, look I don't deep know. inside itself. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm ready to see the Earth <sighs> just yet. I'm ready yet. to see the Earth right now. <laughs> it's been, hasn't been long enough. Oh, we, we kind of left it weird last time. Yeah. Um, I didn't really say goodbye. <laughs> just kind of peaced out. Uh, just kind of flew away and disappeared for five years. Yeah, well, that's love. So go out and... Uh, Try to look up and find the Christmas Do it. And, and if you can't see that, at least just look at the moon. Because, y- and I mean this with total seriousness. Sometimes I think we forget there's a giant fucking rock just yeah, hanging cool. out in the sky. And it's shaped beautifully. And yeah. you can see faces in it if you're looking for it. And It's pretty cool. It's an amazing thing that we just kind of take for granted every day. I'm just, just a plug for the moon here. <laughs> lo- like your moon. Appreciate your moon. And you... Yeah, like you say, you. I don't even think about this. I don't give it due credit when mm-hmm. I look at it. You can see things. Yeah. You can see mountains and it's craters. It's beautiful. And it's beautiful. On a giant rock. That's yeah. Just been that's just been floating over our heads our entire. I mean, lives. make the familiar strange. You know, like it's it's a thing that yeah we don't always give it a lot of thought, but it's even it when it's probably like, seem weird if aliens came here because most planets. Yeah. Don't have a giant moon. Well, some have, have multiple, have, have, but I have small. Yeah, I mean, a lot of planets have a lot of moons. Some have two suns, but like most Tatooine. of them don't have one big one. <laughs> yeah. so, like Tatooine yes, is a Tatooine good example. Tatooine has two suns. I want two good, suns. I think that would be cool. S U N S. They have there. There, there has been um, some mathematical models that show that uh, planets can orbit two suns. Mm-hmm. So there is oh. hope. Right. Out there for Tatooine. Right. There's like binary systems yeah. and the other kind. But it's a chaotic <laughs> orbit. Um, I, I've always thought that the the Game of Thrones... Let's get into Game yeah, of Thrones. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> let's get in your comfort zone. They don't show two suns, but I thought it might be the planet they're on or the world they live in has long winters and long summers that are unpredictable and last for decades. Right. So that implies oh, that it's a chaotic <laughs> orbit. Sure. That they might be orbiting a, a binary system. Mm. So I like this this theory. Put it out. Look there. out for this theory in season Let's seven or connect whatever. Connect it up it before is. the end. Of, yeah, that's how they'll elevate. They're going to get into a astro- deep into astronomy deep, in this deep next into it. final yeah. season. No, that yeah. Why not? <laughs> They've done everything else. Uh, yeah. I'm told. If you're I've listening, never seen it. Oh, really? I'm one of those people. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not for any like good reason. Or reason even just just down. Oh, I don't fault it. you for it. I I okay. avoided Thank watching you. it because I thought it was dumb. Yeah. And then I started watching it and got hooked. And I uh, well, no, that's what happens. W- it gets your it happens. gets your ho- the hooks it, in it, you. It, There's it, things I know that it are draws gonna, you in. There are things I know will be good that I avoid because I'm like I I need to get some work done this week. And if I see Fargo destroyed me. Yeah. Just to get on a tangent. Because it was so, it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's really good. I went. I I just couldn't stop, especially uh, that first. All season. the seasons. The first season is first so amazing. The second season is great. Um, I'm less into the third, if I'm going to be honest. I still don't good. Remember but so much about the third. It's Ewan McGregor, the twin brothers. Oh yeah. His accent is terrible, and I love him, but I it's. Yeah. He can't. He doesn't hit His it. His American accent was off. It was bad. And it's um, weird because he's Scottish, and I feel like there's similarities in the like northern Minnesota and the like Scottish <laughs> brogue, like not totally, UK. but I'm yeah. kind of confused. Like, 
you should have got that. He dude. didn't nail it. He didn't nail it. No, Martin well, that's Freeman the third nailed of it. The three seasons. Martin Freeman was. He a nailed it, but he was just kind of doing a William H Macy. Let's be honest, you know. Yeah. Sorry, Martin. <laughs> like, kind of. I mean that whole character. I mean, the, all, all of the, the seasons have the same <laughs> archetypes. Uh, yeah, how do we get here mm. from the moon? Space um, stuff, cosmos. I did grow up watching that. There, there is a space to tie it back thing. To space. In Fargo oh, season, that's right. two, season two, that happens that's Can't never spoil explained. It. No, but it's, it's not. Very cool. It's very Coen Brothers, even though they're not like writing and directing these things. I yeah. feel like that's what I love about the show. It nails that tone so perfectly. Yeah, but you're, you're right. There is a space component, and it is not explained. It's barely <laughs> commented on. And it's but it's such but an it's awesome great. scene. Yeah, and it kind of like instigates everything. It, that's the big like um, crux of the season. Yeah. Cool. Okay. We tied that in. <laughs> well done. We stitched we've, it up. <laughs> we've we've done a wide range of. Uh, yeah. Uh, we didn't even talk about the Mars lander. There's a new uh, Mars lander Mars that just could landed be a whole, yeah. two weeks ago. But I mean, yeah. I could go. I can go away, and you know, we're now at, that we always talk about now Mars. that Jesse's been fired. Uh, <laughs> Mars is like you know the pretty sibling. It always gets all so? the attention. The moon is the moon's kind of been forgotten. Neglected no, that's true. Because of its pockmarked face, probably. Oh. <laughs> like this. This metaphor. And and you know what? Could stand a little weight, the moon. <laughs> oh. Well, it doesn't have the same problem Jupiter has, so, you know. Uh, gas? Yeah, lots of gas. <laughs> lots of storms. Just off, Storming just to finish it off, favorite planet? Neptune. Oh, yeah? Just going to say it. Don't know why. I just like it. Neptune's a pretty one because uh, it's just like, it's very opaque. It has this mm-hmm. sort of bluish haze of clouds, and you don't know it's what's pretty. underneath there. It's pretty yeah, and mysterious. It's like a glowing ball. And in astrological Blue terms, ball. it's one of my ruling planets. So oh, really? <laughs> I have to like it. I don't know what that I, means. We, but... Another episode. <laughs> Won't really be science-y. Uh, the, that reminds me, I read that the, the Christmas comet is in Taurus. So okay. if you go, uh, if you look for the bull constellation... Um, look it up, or I have a yeah. Well, the your star chart solstice app or something. is a big day for all the signs. So if that's a thing you're into, uh, you won't hear this today. Tonight's probably a good day. We should go out and look for it. We could try. Um, I mean, we've come this far. <laughs> I just, we've talked about it. You know, be ashamed not. <laughs> you let's look meet at the up. Comment? Everyone nah. who's listening, <laughs> let's agree to meet. Yeah. Tomorrow night. Yes. Uh, on the top of the uh, Griffith Park Observatory. Yeah, closes at ten. Yeah, we'll, we'll be there at nine. Yeah. Sharp. Nine sharp. <laughs> and, yeah, we'll see nothing. Everybody They're listening. pretty good, actually, about opening up their telescope. So if you do actually want to see things... I bet... I, I bet it is, I actually. I bet it's up I right now. You could, you could probably go up there and shit. see it. Damn it. Field trip. We should have done this podcast from there. Right, from there. I'm sure people would have loved that. <laughs> <laughs> Just nothing but children. If I just like, if we yeah. just showed up and started setting up, uh, you know, I feel like somebody would want to know what's happening. I don't know that you have to permit for podcasting, though. I don't think this has been it's not <laughs> been established, has it? I don't know if there's Quick, a podcasting permit. If someone knows something, <laughs> please contact the show. Yeah, about podcasting well, rights. Podcasting, uh, yeah. Don't tread on us. Podcasting can, precedents. That's what we're looking for. The Constitution for. says that we can podcast anywhere we it want. It doesn't say we can't. That's true. And that's the government's attitude and toward all constitutional that issues. That means we can. If it doesn't say we can't, then we can. <laughs> that's why everything's fucked up, guys. Yep, because of the stupid Constitution. Yep. 
we said it here first. Hot, hot take. Okay, yeah. it's a hot take. Oh, <laughs> uh, thank you for being my co-host, oh, fuck Victoria. Yes. This was uh, something as fuck. So fun. Um, fun as fuck. It was yeah. FAF talking to you. Thank you. Um, I had a good time. I don't get to have good conversations very often. Uh, <laughs> and now that we're at the end of this, I'm a little sad. You know. Well, we can have more conversations cool. in the future. If Please invite like. me back on. Even topics I don't know shit about. Okay. I mean, I didn't know back. that much about this. I guys, mean, we, you and I could just have a conversation. That too. That's too, true. Yeah. That don't ha- don't have to record it. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell us the show that you worked on? Um, oh yeah, it, yeah. Um, it's gonna, if you want to plug it, I we mean, can plug it. I mean, it's it's uh, part of a series for A and E. It's ultimately an hour long you know, doc for TV, which really means 44 minutes. And believe me, guys, that is a hard target. Uh-huh. Uh, and to fit an entire lost tapes. But um, yeah, a few months ago, NASA released a whole bunch of archival recordings, footage, uh, photos. If you're into that kind like of thing. Like behind the scenes footage? I mean, of... you can listen to the, the transmissions from Mission Control. And I... They're not labeled very well. They're in the National Archives, but there's like no keywording or tags on them. So it's like you don't know what you're getting. Uh, it might sound a little weird, but they're kind of fun to have on in the background. Huh. It's like you hear that kind of the beeping and the, oh yeah, you know, tranquility bass to, you somebody, know, it's just. If somebody just put some like you can put music lo-fi beats it. underneath, oh, yeah. I would study or uh, work to that. I think we got to maybe hang up and do that. Um, <laughs> because now that I'm like, oh shit, we got to do that before yeah, someone else. Yeah, we could does have an it. ASMR. Because there's a whole lot out there, guys. Hours and hours and hours. If you're a big nerd and you like is that it kind of thing. Royalty free, they just released to the public? It's for the public now, public oh, domain. Awesome. It's all out there. Um, if I had had more time and know how, I would have tried to curate something for this. But uh, yeah, they're interesting. They're out there. Anyway. All of that stuff precipitated this this new Lost Tape series, or maybe there was a Lost Tape series before, but this moon landing one is devoted specifically to Apollo 11, and I just helped out a little bit with research. Uh, I supported two very excellent archival producer, researcher folks, um, so I, it was for me it was just kind of a little bit of project work and a fun way to get my foot in the door at A&E without actually having to be hired, <laughs> which is fun, guys. Uh, but yeah, I'm also currently unemployed from research work. So if you thought I sounded at all interesting or no knowledgeable, uh, yeah, contact the show. If, if you're <laughs> sorry, if I you're shouldn't do a, that on a fucking podcast. If you're doing a documentary, yeah, on need, Apollo 12, for instance. Yeah, I could pick up where I left off. That'd be great. Um, but I don't know when it premieres, so this is the worst plug ever. This is me plugging my skills. What's it called? It's gonna be called uh, Lost Tapes or The Lost Tapes: The Moon Landing. Okay. And I'll definitely watch that. Sometime it'll be on, on A and E. Great. <laughs> and uh, what about how can people find you online or follow oh, God. you? Uh, uh, yeah. You're you also a comedy writer and I, performer. Yeah, I do that. Thank you. Uh, I perform for a house team at the Pack Theater called Very Famous. We perform on the last Sunday of every month, mm-hmm. although not this month. So I immediately just lied to you. <laughs> uh, I also. You know, that that's my home, I guess, is the pack. I have a website, but I haven't updated it in a long time. Uh, VictoriaRoseHarley.com. That's my <laughs> name. Don't The blog post is over a year old, you know. Uh, <laughs> be gentle. Go, go see what she was up uh, to. My resume is pretty up to date, though, so that's cool. Okay. Cool. Good way to end. We are at ScienceAFPod. We're at ScienceAFPod.com. 
I'm at Dave Chacho. Jesse's Jess Klein one on Twitter. And uh, you can email us, Dave at scienceafpod.com. Say hi. You can give us a uh, review. We would love to have a review or a rating on Rate iTunes. And review. Stitcher. Please. Give us a thumbsy or a little heart or whatever the thing is of the, the time. Uh, a pat on the back. Uh, but give That's us a little pat one. on the back would be nice. If you ever see us in public, just pat us on the back. Uh, but thanks for listening. This has been Science AF. Bye. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Science AF. Oh, bullets. Science AF. Science as fuck.